Hey, mamas. Are you tired of arguing with your kids about cleaning their room, getting their homework done, or doing the household chores? As parents, we know that as soon as those words leave our mouth for them to go clean their room or to get their homework done, that the battle will begin. The yelling will start and it's here we go again. Been there, done that way too many times. But what if I told you that it doesn't have to be that way? That I have four tips for you today on how to stop arguing, stop the battle before it starts, and bring a little more peace into your home. Are you ready for it? Let's get started. Welcome to the Faith Lived Out podcast. Are you wanting to do life God's way but are unsure how or what that even looks like? Do you sometimes fear that you're doing this whole wife and mom thing all wrong and want to know how to do it right? Or do you want to stop worrying all the time and learn how to truly put your faith and trust in the Lord? Hey girl, I'm Nancy Adamson, wife, mom, and Grammy to seven sweet babies, Bible study teacher, speaker, and women's ministry leader. I see you and I get you because I've been there, and I'm here to share with you what God has taught me on how to find biblical answers to life's challenging questions in His Word, to know what His promises are for you, how to apply them to your life, and to put the cares and concerns that are on your heart safely in the Father's hands. So if you're ready to learn how to live out your faith every day, and follow the amazing plan that God has for you, grab your coffee, pull up a chair next to mine, and let's get started. Before we chat today, I want to share with you a review that I received that really encouraged me. It's from Life and Peace Ministries, and it says this, I listened recently to the episode about what you told your daughter when her friend wanted to borrow her ball and the friend had a history of not returning borrowed things. I was so convicted by the truth of what you shared about how to handle this. I appreciate the decisiveness you used to share. I believe we should have this decision-making clarity from God through His Word. Thank you for reminding us of this and providing such a practical illustration. I'm really enjoying listening to the podcast and all the truth reminders that you give. Thank you for being about the Father's business. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to leave this review. It really does encourage me when I hear back from you and see that God is using this podcast to help people and to help moms and to help wives. And if you're wanting to know what podcast she was talking about, it's number 11. It's just where we talk about using God's word to train up our children. So let's get started with today's episode. As moms, we can dread having to remind our kids to do the same things over and over again, whether it's to do their homework or to clean their room, you know, whatever it is that we're trying to have them get done. And we know that it's going to be a fight because it's a fight all the time. We know our kids, we know the battle that is about to begin before the words ever even leave our mouths. But it doesn't have to be this way. There are things that we can do as moms to help stop the battle before it begins, or at least lessen the drama 
by making it a more peaceful exchange from our side. So I have four tips for you today on how to stop arguing over these issues with your kids. And the first one is to make your expectations clear. Make sure that you give them the who, the what, the where, and the when. So let's take cleaning your room as an example. There's a lot of variations there as to what a mom might think is clean. You know, one mom might think that, you know what, as long as all the clothes or whatever's on the floor is picked up and put away, I'm happy. Then there are other moms that want the bed made, they want the dresser all cleared off, they want the floor all cleaned up and vacuumed. I mean, it just depends on your family life. Not that one is right or wrong, but it just depends on your family life and what your expectations are. So we need to make sure that we are giving those expectations to our kids ahead of time so that they know what it is that we want them to do. So that's the what. Obviously, the who, because I don't know about you, but I know some of my kids would have, you know, tried to get their sister to do it for him. So the who is you have to clean your own room. Or, you know, if you have a policy that if you want to pay your sister to clean your room, you can do that. Well, then that works too. But just as long as they know who the who is, the where, obviously, to clean the room, and the when. When do you want this done? Do you want it done by the end of every week? Do you want it done by the end of every day? When do you expect them to have their room clean on their own? Making all these expectations ahead of time helps to alleviate the frustration of going in and going, well, why isn't this done? Well, why isn't that done? Well, why wasn't it done when I wanted it to be done? So all of these things help in that, whether it's washing the dishes and when those chores get done, whether it's doing the homework, you know, to do it right after school or maybe a little bit later or whatever that may look like. But what are those expectations that you have for the chore that needs to be done? And when we don't do this, then we kind of get into this Colossians 3.21, which is fathers do not provoke your children to anger, lest they be discouraged. When we're not giving them all the information and all the expectations that we have from them, then we are provoking them and we are making them unnecessarily discouraged because they want to please us. I know if you have teenagers, you're thinking, oh, no, they don't. Well, they do way down deep inside, but they want to please you and they want to do the right thing. By giving them those expectations, then we help them to be able to do that. And tip number two is to choose your battles. Not everything needs to be done to the way that you think that it should be done or to your liking. Sometimes we have to look at our children, who they are, and the type of person that they are, and just kind of let it go. You know, I'm a very type A personality. I want everything in its place. I want everything put away and nice and neat. And I grew up in a home where we literally dusted with Q-tips and toothpicks. So I grew up in a house that was spotlessly clean all the time and kind of rubbed off on me a little bit. But I have a daughter who is a non-conforming daughter. Like in school, all the kids would be sitting down and they were all happy sitting and in class. And nope, my daughter wanted to stand. Not disrupt anybody, but wanted to stand. And fortunately, she had a nice teacher who allowed her to do that. But just that's just kind of her personality and the way that she does things. 
And so she doesn't necessarily want things done in her room the way I think that they should be done. She has her own personality and the way those things should be done. So we need to look at sometimes what is really important. What is really the goal here? Is it to have it all done exactly the way I think it should be done or just to to a point where it is acceptable? What is that goal of acceptable? Make sure that you both agree on what that goal is as far as what that end result of being acceptable is. And some things can be negotiable as far as cleaning the room. There's no problem with sitting down with your kid and saying, okay, let's come up with a plan with what works for you and what works for me. I can't stand to have things all over the floor. So number one, you at least have to have everything cleaned up off the floor. And they're like, okay, fine. But I need this and this and this out on my desk all the time because I use it all the time. Okay, we'll leave that there. You know, just talking about some of those things so that you have that clear expectation and you can negotiate that and take care of that. And there are also things too about like doing homework. You know, I know for me, if I was coming home from school, I would not want to be doing my homework right when I got home. Like give me some time to maybe relax a little bit, maybe go outside and play with my friends, get some fresh air, that kind of thing. And then so then plan, when is homework time? Is it maybe they want to get it done right after school and be done for the rest of the day and not have to worry about it? Great, let them do it at that time. Maybe they want to do it when it gets dark or just after dinner or you know whatever the case may be, an hour before bedtime, whatever it is that works for them, but discuss it with them as to, what works, what kind of goals that they have, and then leave it to them to meet those expectations. The third tip is to plan your response. Even in the best of circumstances, our kids are not always going to do what we tell them, when we tell them, or how we want them to have it done, or what we have told them our expectations are. It's just the way it is and all a part of growing up and being a parent. And we know our kids and we know beforehand what is going to set them off and what is going to get that reaction that's going to start the argument or start the drama. If we plan ahead of time what our response will be, then we can do it calmly and avoid the argument. Not that our kids aren't still going to pitch a fit because most likely they are, but it's all going to be on them and not on you really hard to argue with someone who's not arguing back. So in Proverbs 15.1, it says, a soft answer turns away wrath, but grievous words stir up anger. So we need to look at that and plan our response in light of a soft answer turns away wrath. So plan ahead of time what the consequences or punishment is going to be for their poor behavior, whatever it may be whether it's they didn't get something done that you had expected, whether it's talking back to you or arguing with you, whatever the case may be. But plan ahead of time what that punishment for that behavior is going to be. And then when you let them know this was the behavior, this is the consequences, you can do it calmly. You don't have to be yelling. You don't have to be arguing and frustrated. You have it all planned out. Maybe you've even prayed over it and you can do it calmly. I know that when I did this with my kids, it made 
all the difference in the world. Because like I said, they can't argue with you if you're not arguing back. And if I simply remained calm, and my kids knew, you know, they knew that if I had expectations and they weren't met, that there were going to be consequences. It's a lesson that they learn relatively quickly. And so as you do this over and over again, then there's going to even be less arguing and less, you know, fit throwing and all that other kind of drama that tends to go on with our kids. But they will learn that and it will become easier. You can also make the consequences a part of those expectations and negotiations that you planned ahead of time so that they know what their consequences are going to be. So if you plan, okay, this is when you're going to do homework or this is how you're going to clean your room. And when it doesn't happen, then you can also plan as to what those consequences are going to be when they don't do it. For my kids, I have smart kids. None of them have any kind of learning disabilities or anything like that. They're all very smart kids. And so for them, they had to get a C or above in school. In every single class that they had, it had to be a minimum of a C or above. And they knew ahead of time, if they got a D, their life ended. They didn't go out with friends. They didn't go anywhere. They didn't do anything until that D got back up to a C again. And it wasn't just, oh, mom, I'm going to turn in this paper and then it's going to be a C. No, I needed a note from their teacher that said to me that their grade had gone up. Like they didn't have to wait for the next report card or anything, but I did have to have a note from their teacher stating that it was back up to a C again. And trust me, there were times that my kids said, oh, but mom, this, oh, but mom. It's like, no, you know what the expectation is. Okay, you got a D on your report card, and this is what you need to do. No life, no going out, no doing anything until that's brought back up. And so then they did it. And then the fourth tip is to make the punishment fit the crime. In Colossians 3.20, it says, Children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing to the Lord. We all have consequences to our actions. Whether we're a little child or an adult, we all have consequences to our actions and obeying is not an option. When we don't obey, when our kids don't obey us, when we don't obey the Lord, then there are consequences. And when we do obey, then our kids are pleasing to us and we are pleasing to the Lord. And this is how they learn. You know, to have those consequences, to have that punishment, this is how they learn. But the punishment needs to fit the crime. If we do too little, then it's not effective and it really doesn't teach them anything. And then if we do too much, then it produces anger and resentment. And that's not helpful either. So you know your kids and you know where to hit them where it is most effective. For some, it's to take something away, to take a toy away, to take their cell phone away, something like that, um, to maybe not allow them to go somewhere. And that kind of goes into the next one. It can be to lose privileges to where maybe they lose screen time. You know, I know for my grandkids, they have a certain, like an hour or so of screen time every day where they can just play whatever they want, video games or whatever it is. And so sometimes for a punishment, it is to take away that screen time. It could be that they don't get to drive the car anywhere or um, they don't get desserts. I know that's another one that one of my daughters does. 
is that the child doesn't get desserts for a certain amount of time, depending on what the behavior was that they didn't do. And then also to hang out with friends. Another one is to do extra chores or to help someone else. Now, one of the um, methods that one of my daughters used and it worked really well is that she had cards for each one of her children. And during the day, if they talked back to her, they argued with her, didn't do something that they were supposed to do, whatever it was, whatever behavior that was disobedient, then she would tell them that they had to pull a card. And they would pull this card and they would put it in a different slot. And this would happen throughout the day. And so then the next day, depending on how many cards that they pulled, so say they pulled three cards, it was a bad day, and they pulled three cards, they now have three extra chores to do for that day around the house. It was a great system and it worked out really well for her. And, you know, things change and she's not doing it now. But at that time, it worked very well. Another one is nose and toes. And this generally works for younger kids. I don't suggest that you have your teenager do nose and toes. But this works really well for talking back or being disrespectful or hurting someone or that kind of thing. But but just to make them go, you know, stand kind of in time out and nose on the wall, toes to the wall, just stop and think, you know, for what it is that they have done and talk to them about it. You know, particularly if they're little, talk to them about what they've done and why it was wrong and how they need to do it differently next time. Banking is another option. However, this is generally best reserved for willful disobedience or times when their behavior could hurt themselves or hurt someone else. And this is also a topic that is way too large to cover in this particular episode. But know this, that if you have any questions about it, then feel free to just pop a note in the Facebook group that we have, and I'll be happy to answer it for you as far as that goes. But spanking is an option, but that's something that, like I said, we'll probably cover in another episode in the future because it's kind of a big issue to do it correctly. And then these tips can be used on all ages of children, but kind of as I went through them, I told you some that work best for younger kids and some that work best for older kids. But it's never too late to start. Like if you have a teenage kid and you're thinking, oh, this is way past that. No, it is never too late to start because kids need to know, particularly as they go into adulthood, they need to know that there are consequences for their behavior. Now, I will say this, that if you start when your kids are younger in making your expectations clear and choosing your battles with them, in planning your response, and in making the punishment fit the crime, then raising them as teenagers is going to be much easier because they will have learned that lesson already of expectations and consequences. And then lastly, God is our example in this. In Jeremiah 7.23, it says this, But this I commanded them, saying, Obey my voice, and I will be your God, and you shall be my people, and walk in all the ways that I have commanded you, that it may be well with you. So you can also explain this to your kids, that following God and following his commands, when you disobey, you're going to get consequences. And when they disobey you, they're not only going to have consequences from you, but they're going to have consequences from the Lord because God tells us that our children are to obey their parents. 
So you can, you know, kind of let them know, particularly as teenagers, that, hey, I've got the same thing. It's just on a different level. I need to be able to make my expectations so that I don't have the consequences as well. I pray that this has helped you today. If you have any questions, then feel free to go over to the Faith Lived Out Community Facebook page and just leave them in the chat and I can answer them. There may be another mom on there that has some information, has been through something similar that you have in, you know, if you have any questions on what your response should be or maybe what a appropriate punishment would be for a particular behavior. If there is a struggle that you're having with a particular behavior with your child, then feel free to put that in there. We're all there for each other and to encourage one another. And there's probably either myself or another mom in the group that's going to have an idea and answer for you. And I'm sure some of you have some great tips and techniques as well. So feel free to share those. You know, I shared a couple of what my daughter does because, you know, they've done some of their own things that I didn't do in raising their kids. And they're great ideas and they're very effective. So please feel free to share some of those as well. And you may be helping another mom. So there are links to the show notes to that Facebook group that you can go ahead and just click on that. It'll take you straight to it and you can leave your comments in there. Right now, I just want to pray with you as moms. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for these moms. I thank you for the precious gift of children that you have given them. And I know sometimes that's a struggle and sometimes it doesn't always feel like a gift, but Lord, we know it is. They bless our hearts, Lord. You have given us a ministry to raise them in you, to teach them your word, and to teach them how to obey you. And Lord, this is the beginning of it. As we teach them to obey their parents, as we teach them right and wrong and consequences and punishment, Lord, this is part of learning to obey you and learning to be your child. Lord, I ask that you would be with each each and every one of these mamas, Lord, that you would encourage them, that you would give them a proper response to the situations that happen and in training up their children, that you would help them to make their expectations clear, that you would help them, that the punishment would fit the crime, Lord, and just the communication with their child, Lord, of those expectations and what those consequences would be. Lord, I thank you so much for your word and what you do for us and what you provide for us. And I just ask that you be with each and every one of these women, Lord, in your name. Amen. Thank you so much for listening today. I pray that God has used this episode to bless and inspire you to live out your faith in Him. If it has, please do me a huge favor by leaving a review on Apple Podcast. This is the only way that I know if you like the show and you will be helping others to find this podcast and be lifted up by the Word of God. Is there someone who came to mind while you were listening today and you said, Ooh, she needs to hear this. Well, then send her the link so she can be encouraged too. Are you in the Dallas area and looking for a fresh new speaker to add excitement to your next luncheon, women's retreat, or other women's event? Then drop me a note at nancy at faithlivedout.com and let's chat about it. That's nancy, N-A-N-C-I, at faithlivedout.com. I would love to come and meet with you and the ladies in your group. 
You're also welcome to visit the website at faithlivedout.com for more information, blog posts, journaling ideas, and free printables. Or become a part of our little community of believers by joining the Faith Lived Out community group on Facebook, where you can join together with other faith-led wives and moms just like you. Links to these areas and the scripture references used in today's episode are in the show notes. Ladies, thank you again for listening today and know that I am praying for God to be with you as you learn to trust in Him more and to live out your faith every day. God bless you and see you on the next episode.